Hey, this is Laurel, and welcome to Laurel's Real Money Talks. Yes, a little different video to start out, uh, but I wanted to put some bumpers in and really tell you about this man who is going to be on a two-series podcast with me. His name's Glenn Morshower. He is extraordinary. He has an acting school. He's one of the most general actors you're ever going to see, and he's probably one of the best businessmen I know. So stay tuned, take notes, and it'll be a two-part series. So listen in to the interview that I just did. Welcome to Real Money Talks, real strategies from the money makers and the world changers that you can use to make millions, keep those millions, multiply your wealth, and build your team. Here's your host, author of five New York Times bestsellers, money expert on Dr. Phil, CNN, CNBC, The Street TV, Fox News, and The View, Laurel Langmire. All right, those of you that are joining, these are not bloopers. That's Glenn, my guest today. You are on uh, Laurel's Real Money Talks, a podcast talking about how to make money, how to invest it, how to keep it, how to use a team. And uh, I have the most amazing actor of all time. He has been in the extraordinary shows. I love going to Disney and going through the Transformer ride and having Glenn talk to me. And soon he'll be on Ozark. He's on Bloodline. And he'll tell you a whole bunch more. Glenn, welcome. Thank you, Laurel. I love being here. We haven't seen each other. This is probably our longest time we've been apart. But you're still looking fine as wine and mellow as a cello. Uh-huh. How have you been during this, I call it COVID coma? You know, COVID gave everyone a, a reason to go into coma. And a lot of people aren't waking up. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, at the to top you? of the list, I think what COVID challenged is it did a quick spot check on our level of resourcefulness. You know, because it didn't care what we thought. It didn't care whether we liked it. It announced that it was here and that it was here to stay for a while, more than a minute. And so you can either sulk about what you don't like. And I don't know of anyone who said, hey, this is this COVID thing's fantastic. I've never met that person. I've known people whose businesses flourished. Mine is one of them, and that's the business of running an acting studio. Well, we we used to have three studios, one in Dallas, one in Salt Lake City, and one in Los Angeles. And I would fly to all three and be present every week until four years ago when The Resident happened for Fox Television. And that's a series that I have been doing for those four years. So I shut down two of the studios, outsourced one of them, but kept my home base. And then COVID hit. And that was the end of a brick and mortar version of an acting school. So the idea, it's so interesting how if someone had asked me a year ago, more than a year, year and a half ago, would you ever consider teaching an acting class online? It would have been an immediate no and rather emphatic no. Like a hell no. Yeah, a serious hell no. Like, are you nuts? No, I will never do that. And what you're really saying is I will never do that until circumstances change. And when they do, you go, well, it's either that or lose the school. And when it comes down to those two choices, then suddenly I'm interested. And well, here's what's interesting. This thing that I would never have wanted to do turned out to be the blessing of a lifetime because now there are no restrictions. Now I have actors from all over the world, whereas it used to be just people in or near the area of wherever the school is. So we were sort of capped at our attendance and now we're not. 
And every week is an on-camera class because we teach it on Zoom and we use the very same frame you and I are using to create the illusion that actors are there in the exact same spot. So it's beautiful. So many people have come our way with word of mouth and my business not only never dipped, it exploded. Good for you. So, but we have to, you know, we have to use our entrepreneurial thinking. When things change, we have to change. Yeah. Yeah. And what I love about that, like you said, is uh, it didn't ask any permission. It just was here. Right. And I think a lot of people weren't resourceful. And then, like you, know, you said, the volatility, you know, I've been, I coded this, the most indiscriminate crash the world's ever seen because it wasn't real estate related or mortgage related or stock market related. I Across mean, all of board. it was affected. Yep. But it's a wide open field. I mean, if you want to be a shark right now, which, you know, I've always I don't, I don't like really that terminology, but mm -hmm. you can buy anything right now because people need resourcefulness. They need experience. They need money. They need partnerships and collaboration more now than ever. So um, you would describe it as a buyer's market right now or a seller's market? Well, sellers for real estate, but buyers for those who really want to, you know, I bought a Ford dealership right outside of Commerce, Texas. We own that dealership. It fell down in COVID, so we picked it up. Which yeah. which dealership in commerce? Family. It's oh, wow. Family Ford. We're actually going to be buying the rest of it. We only bought part of it. We're going to be buying the rest of it into 2022. Wow. And Congratulations. Yeah, super fun. So if you need a, a Jeep, Ford, Chrysler, Dodge, we've got them all. So, yes. Right, right here in Commerce, Texas. Right in Commerce, Texas. It fell down. <laughs> I'm going to have to um, teach you how to sound like that because in commerce, people whistle on their S's. It's like commerce. <laughs> I love it. One of the things I want to talk about, and uh, I was telling you right before, is just, what well, I don't know what you call it. It's uh, the inconvenience or the you know, people say, oh, I have to honor my word, but I really don't want to go out for dinner tonight. But I made this reservation or I made this time or I have an appointment. I call it sequencing. In the money world, you got to do the right thing at the right time. But if you have a plan, you know, and you get to that day or that moment and you, sure. shift, you need to be flexible. Well, you like just speak about just that freedom. And I feel like you live life freer than most people. So I, I do live life freer than most people. It's why I'm healthy. It's why I'm vibrant. And mainly, Laurel, honestly, it's why I'm optimistic. And I think one of the character traits that tends to disappear sadly over time, not that it needs to and not by design, but by copycatting, because people see it happen to other people. And the next thing you know, it's happening to them, which is that they lose their mojo as that they get older and they become jaded and they're not optimistic. They don't wake up eager. Life becomes a pain in the ass. And so if you can guard against that and be your own best cheerleader and dictate from within Instead of waiting, well, tell me what I'm supposed to cheerlead about. Oh, I don't know. Maybe the fact that you had 33,560 heartbeats while you slept. Maybe that would cheer your ass up, right? So yep. instead of waiting for that, that big check I got or that job I got or that new movie I got and all the reasons, I'll be happy when, when this, then this. If you just still yourself and take a deep breath and realize my normal is really beautiful. My normal is really beautiful. I mean, everything. I mean, my, my life, my relationship, where we live, how my body feels. And, and so, if we're not taking inventory on how perfect normal is, then when we lose our normal, we realize we would kill to get our normal back. Yeah. And so, appreciation of the normal. I, I'm thinking that what you might be referencing that I've talked about in the past is the difference between extending 
an invitation or an expectation. And that most people, when they extend an invitation, it actually isn't an invitation at all. It's an expectation. And we know that because they're attached to the outcome and there's no flexibility there. The Mm -hmm. people that I have the best relationships with know that they can call me at any time to, first of all, any time of day. They also can redirect plans. I thought we would have Wednesday for lunch, but here is something I'm dealing with. I don't even need an explanation. I love you. Let's see each other when it's good for both people. So, so I'm speak, a fan of that living that way. That is exactly the conversation. So, and what you had said before is, you know, you also don't know who you're going to be because you haven't met that guy. Yeah, that I, I, I actually had that. some moron ask me if I wanted to have lunch. And I said, when are you talking about? And, they, and this was in like April. And they said, uh, how does August 4th work? And I said, are you sick? You're inviting me to lunch a few months from now. Let's go ahead and check the no box on that one. And why don't you call me the day before? And if you want to have lunch, then if we're both free, we'll have lunch. I love you, but I'm not going to put a lunch on a calendar four months in advance. My life doesn't work that way. There's also a very good chance I'll be in Atlanta shooting a resident, or I could be in Australia shooting a film. I can't do that. So I don't have the traditional plan every aspect of your life by calendar type life. Mine's far more flexible, and I and I really like it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you are exactly right. The invitation versus expectation, and how many people live their life disappointed mm-hmm. because their expectation wasn't fulfilled? Yeah, well, uh, we want you to come to our party. You can't come, and the next question is why. Well, for starters, why are you asking me why? I don't need to provide a why. I won't be there. And thank you for the invitation, but I won't be there. That is a sufficient explanation. Mm-hmm. You, we don't need to go into our whys because our whys are our business. But I also consider myself to be a healthy person. And healthy people, I don't know if you've noticed this, there seems to be a declining population of healthy people in it's the true. world, psychologically and spiritually true. healthy. Yeah. You know? Well, and I call again the COVID coma because I think it's given a lot of people what I the way I speak about what COVID has also done, what I see being on the forefront of, you know, variety of businesses. We've had constant ads for hire. You know, people would rather be on unemployment. I think it's uh, and I love your thoughts on this. I think it is divided or cleaned up or defined, however you want to explain it, our work ethic and purposeful work. And those who want to stay engaged and like you say optimistic. And those who would rather just use that as a reason to check out. And I think there's an amazing divide that nobody needed to vote, but by their action and has divided a lot of people. I mean, that's so accurately stated, you know, and I've known of people who it's tough to motivate them when they realize they're making more money by collecting unemployment and the government surplus checks and so forth. Mm-hmm. The uh, incentive checks, I don't, I don't even know what they're called because I didn't receive one. I don't need one, but those government subsidy checks, it's actually incentivizing them to be lazy yep. and, and to stay home. So I, that's not a language I speak. I've always been much more proactive than that. I think that playing the victim, it, it ruins lives. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, shit happens. Shit happens in all of our lives. And shit happening is no great respecter of who it is you are or the title you carry or how beautiful you are or how fun you are to be with in bed. 
shit happens. And our job is, are you a shit handler? Do you handle shit well? Is a great life question. It is and like- so I, I think the ultimate skill set is to become, and this is not just off the cuff. This is one of the things I teach is to build within yourself a master handler of life Mm -hmm. so that whatever goes down, and I don't mean down being negative, but whatever occurs, you are processing it. Check this out. I love it. In the healthiest possible way it can be processed because then you're working with a huge edge in life. It doesn't mean it won't be rough if it's rough stuff, but your version of rough will be less rough because of your ability to process well. And and obviously, as a celebrator, when news is, is great, you're really enjoying that moment as well. But mm-hmm. somehow you kind of float through the middle of sanity, of not flipping out, nothing's that big a deal, and you roll with the punches, and you don't take life personally. Mm. The law of first thought is our first instinct to go ahead and decide that because so-and-so said something, I need to feel wounded by that. Mm. You know, we had something in our workshop, and I don't mind telling you this because we've been problem-free for six and a half years. And while I was shooting Ozark, I had two ladies teach the class for me. They're both very capable, so this is not their fault. But there was a, a remark made in class in improv that someone decided to take offense to, which taking offense at what somebody says in an improv class, like in an acting class, is akin to going to the comedy store and deciding you should be offended by what was said. I mean, are you a moron? When you go to the comedy store, people say offensive things. You have to know that going in unless you're three. Maybe if you're three or four years old, you don't know that. But if you're older, you put down your scorecard and you go to laugh. And if you find things offensive, the comedy store is not where you belong. So this person got really bent out of shape Mm -hmm. because something was said and decided to turn it into a racial situation, which it wasn't. Even slightly, it wasn't. The guy that said it is such a big hearted cat, wide open, everyone's an equal but he was talking on behalf of his character. And then I had to go and put out fires and it, it went cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs because, you know, now anything that, that is even slightly off, people can't wait to pounce. Mm-hmm. And so is that, I guess the question is, is that the lens you wish to look at life through? Because I don't know about you, I strongly suspect because I know you really well. I don't think it's fun for anyone to have to live life on eggshells. Nope. That's a rotten way to live. And to hold that expectation that everything people say must be pre-approved by my eardrums first before you say anything to me. That's insane. So speak to some master handling skills because it is. I mean, that is in the forefront of our country. My 14-year-old daughter, which you would not believe, last time you saw Tristan, she was this big. She's now a beautiful 5'9 dancer. And, you know, eighth grade, I mean, they're needing to be politically correct, sexually correct, all of it, right? Mm-hmm. So give us some master handling skills in this very forefront of the sensitivities. 
I guess the first is that life does not need to be pre-approved by you. That's the first thing, mm-hmm. is that life is not going to devote itself to meeting your unique needs. And then also not to take things personally. How can you process to the advantage of all parties concerned? And how can you make good decisions that favor the macro outcome? So there are two things that really speak to this. One is in terms of decision-making. And I was just talking with someone about this yesterday, that uh, we were taught way back in the day when we were kids, you know, it's about what you want, man. There was some guy smoking weed in the 70s who had eyes that were barely open. It was like, it's about getting your needs met, man, right? It's about what you want. And you realize that gets you into trouble because there's more to consider than just what you want. There are three, as it turns out, identifiable layers of good decision-making, which is healthy processing that go beyond that. The, the second level is what do you want most? The third level is what outcome do you want? And the fourth level is what outcome do you want most? Which you can't make a better decision in life than one that is run through the template and the lens of what outcome do you want most? Which is in the macro view of your life, go to the backside now of the decision you're facing. Whatever that decision is, this is universally true. There's not a decision that can't be improved by this. This is a great way to think. So go onto the backside of the decision with your mind and see yourself having made that decision. Is this the outcome you want? And live in that with your mind, not for a few seconds, but really visualize it and be in it. And if that is the outcome you want most, then we now rewind to how we're showing up today in today's world is the way we are behaving congruent with the stated outcome. So again, masterful processing has a lot to do with congruency. Mm -hmm. Are your actions congruent with the outcome or are you some goofball who's putting brownie mix into the oven, expecting it to become roast beef magically, which is interesting because life follows recipes, you know, and invariably all the people I've coached over the years, when they're not getting the outcomes they want, it's, always the same reason. And that's because they're not using the recipe that creates that outcome. It's no different than cooking. You can't put brownies in and then sit there and hope, wish, and want that it will become chicken fried steak. It doesn't do that. So brownie mix produces brownies and every mix produces what it is designed to produce. So the flaw will always be in the recipe. You go, for God's sakes, look at your recipe. Your recipe bakes a shitty life. That's what the recipe you're using does. It bakes a shitty life. It bakes depression. It bakes complaining. It bakes frustration. It bakes all of those outcomes that you're not going to be happy with. And what you're doing is wasting too much time hoping, wishing, and wanting. Mm -hmm. Right? So the other morning, I'm, I'm a bed maker. I make my bed every day and it feels really, really, really I didn't know that. I, I am. I'm an avid bed maker. And it's not because I think, you know, my dad's going to come back from the dead and swap <laughs> me with a yardstick for not doing it. I do it because it feels good, one. And also it beautifies my room and it reminds me that I am a person who changes worse to better. Mm-hmm. It's a theme. So I have a mess here. And in four minutes, that mess is transformed. And I love what I look at. And then I realize the bed becomes, and I'm I'm not exaggerating. This is a real truth. The bed becomes a metaphor Mm -hmm. for the entirety of my life. 
when I need to jump on something, it's nothing more than an unmade bed. That's all it is. Career problems, unmade bed. Let's go. Let's make the bed. And what I've noticed is standing and looking at the unmade bed and hoping that it will make itself pointless. And so many times in life, people look at problems and they hope they'll get better. Mm-hmm. So hope is only a great beginning. Hope is not an end game. It starts with hope. And then from hope, we have to spring into action. Who's going to make the bed? The answer is me. And in a matter of a few minutes, it will be done. But I'm not going to hope it into existence. So I'm not keen on the three words, hope, wish, and want. Well, I wish it weren't that way. I wish COVID won't here. Well, guess what? COVID doesn't give a shit about your wish. It's here. So let's not waste a lot of time wishing that it weren't. It's a pointless energy. And there's, there's way too much wishing and wanting and hoping in this world and not nearly enough proactivity and doing. So hopefully that, that yeah. helps. Yeah, beautiful. You know, I was sharing my early 2021 accident with you. Just uh, talked about, you know, my new normal, right? Because my new normal will, won't bring me back, right? So we were just saying before... So I want you to speak to that just a little, you know, deeper or more masterful lessons. Because I think a lot of people, and you hear it like I hear it, you know, because I'm helping people become millionaires or, you know, getting to a new financial situation. Sure. You hear it probably with health the most is I want to go back to where I was in high school or college or even like people with money. I want to go back to, you know, that time period. Kind of coach, talk to those people who are always looking backward to a goal. Like I know with my new condition, what it is, it is what it is. And I will find and create things to do around what I, you know, no longer can do, but I'll tell you, I'll never take for granted. Not that I really ever did, but now every mile, you know, when I run again, boy, will I appreciate those miles. Mm. Right. Yeah. Well, it's that looking back. I think there's a lot of people who live their life, you know, it was in the rearview mirror. And until their life can go backwards to a goal they had versus how would you coach them masterfully, again, using master skills, how do you redirect someone to always look forward? Because that is the only direction we're moving. It's a simple redirection coaching technique, which is I tell them the next time you get into your car, I want you to track the size difference between the windshield and the rearview mirror. (laughs) You're so good. You have the greatest one lines, Glenn. You know, I mean, just look at the two and see if maybe your car is coaching you. Your car coaches you every time you get in it as to where your focus needs to be. That's so good. You know, but I notice it also doesn't remove the mirror, meaning it does have a place in life. There's no doubt about it, because we look in the rearview mirror for remembrance of what we might have learned and pick up. But the application is not going to happen behind us. It's going to happen where we are right here, right now, and moving forward. I also am a huge fan of incrementalism. And incrementalism is the way we achieve things when it seems daunting or even impossible, such as, for example, if I had a um, destination to get to that was 100 miles outside of Dallas and on a two-lane highway, it's not even on the interstate. And, um, you know, someone says, well, this party is going to be late at night, so we're not going to even get started till about 10 p.m. And I drive there and you say, well, the roads aren't lit up. Well, yeah, they are. They're lit up approximately 150 feet at a time. Mm -hmm. Textbook incrementalism. 
So even though there are no lights out there on that rural two-lane highway, my car keeps revealing the next 10 feet, 150 feet at a time. Our life works that way. We don't have to worry, oh my God, is it going to be dark 10 miles from now? Well, here's the deal. Right now it is. But as we get to mile 9.8, then the 10th mile will now be illuminated. And so, so many things are cleared up for us as we move forward. So, all we have to do is commit to that next step and just keep incrementalizing our way to greatness. My whole career is a testimony to incrementalism. A little bit here, a little bit there. Relationship capital is classic textbook incrementalism. People are meeting people who introduce them to people. And as long as you are a pleasurable human being to be around, you can count on an abundant relationship capital situation in your life where you have endless numbers of people that are rooting for you because they believe in you. They would help you in a heartbeat. They want you to be around. And I do believe there is a a must, Laurel, and I, I don't think you've ever heard me say this, and it's not an ego thing. It's a health thing. If a human being can say this, they're going to be fine. And that is this statement. Things go better when I'm around. Mm. And they mean it. It's not some empty affirmation. They mean it. That when I'm around, things never go worse because of me. I'm not in this moment to have it be worse. I'm not in your podcast here. I'm not on it to make it go poorly. So any exchange that I'm in, be it personal, be it career, I'm not there to make it worse. I'm always there to make it better. And when you can say that and not feel embarrassed about that, or, well, isn't that just wearing a big pair of britches? Yes, it is, and appropriately so. Yeah. I think it's A-OK to say things go better when I'm on your team. And I got to tell you, as a CEO, as a leader or whatever, I am always going to want to select the person who has those feelings about themselves, yeah. who understands their value and that they bring value to the team. So those are, those are all huge things that create a, a lovely life paved with success is just to know when, when I'm around, things get better. Your team's about to get better if you sign me. Yeah. Well, and I know that about you. I mean, I met you at Craig's event years and years ago and uh, just appreciate Craig, who that. lives here now, by the way. No way. He moved to Dallas? He moved to Dallas. Well, I can see why. I got to say, Californians are exiting in droves. Yes. And I love the state of Texas like I love Nevada. Guess um, what I'm doing this week? What? Emptying my home in L.A. Yeah. Oh, you did you sell it? Nine years we've kept it. Nine years we've been gone. We've been back here that long. We've had yeah. nobody in it, and we are going back, and we are moving everything this next week. Okay. So, yeah, a lot of people are leaving California. How do you feel about that? I mean, I just say, you know, knowing you, how do you feel about leaving and departing as you uh, exit? Because I just, and I want you to kind of speak to your exit and your feeling and how you have closure. because you. So brilliantly. It's emotional for me because I'm someone and I and again, I offer no apology for this and I and I will not accept the term weirdo for what I'm about to tell you, but so longs have always been sacred for me and some of them really difficult for me. But the sacredness, for example, 
again, this may sound cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs and that's okay. But when I left Atlanta, I stopped and physically touched and held my hand to each wall of my hotel room, Mm -hmm. thanking it for the month that I had spent there because I won't ever be back in that exact same room. And this was home for a month. Thank you, wall. Thank you, mirror. Thank you, view. Mm. I think gratitude is the single most important thing we have in this lifetime. Mm. Just to be in that state of recognizing that this has been an abundant month. I have loved watching the sun rise through this window every day. Mm. This vantage point of, of life is one I've never had until a month ago. And now I'm pulling the hotel room door shut. So how do you think it's going to feel to shut a door of a place I've had since 1982. But we live here now. And the difference is, I don't have to be in Los Angeles anymore. Drive that completion of Los Angeles. Yeah. And our kids were both born and raised there. So they both live there. Yeah. We just were never in this place. We're, you know, I haven't been back since Christmas. Carolyn hasn't been back in over a year. So it's time. And we wanted to do it together. So we're going to get out there and box everything up together. And I know there are going to be tears. And um, and that's okay. It's just part of the process of letting go. So how is that? That was version one of version two. So stay tuned. Next week, you will be hearing version two of my interview with Glenn Morshauer. Thanks for listening to the Real Money Talks podcast. Your host has been Laurel Langmire, author of five New York Times bestsellers, money expert on Dr. Phil, CNN, CNBC, The Street TV, Fox News, and The View. Want to learn more about off-Wall Street investing, tax strategies, and multi-million dollar business strategies? Visit liveoutloud.com slash podcast for past episodes, show notes, and resources. For some special wealth building gifts only for Laurel's podcast listeners, visit liveoutloud.com slash podcast gifts. Do you have a burning question for Laurel? Visit asklaurel.com to submit your question, and it may just be covered on a podcast episode. So stay tuned and be sure to subscribe to get new episodes every week.